welcome back to Learn Your Stripes. I'm Ryan Guillory, and Michael, we've made it to 10 episodes. 10 episodes, it's amazing. Every every show has a milestone, this is the first big one. And today we're going to talk about the uh, the dreaded inadvertent whistle. I know that's, that's something that always looms over everybody's head, but before I get going on that, again, hey everyone, I'm Michael Moran, and we're going to talk about our play from last week. Uh, it was second and three for A from the A32 yard line, the game clock was running, B-52 attempts to leave the field, and at the snap, his left foot is hovering over the sideline, and his right foot is still in the field of play. And we asked you all if this is a legal play, if there's a foul, what that foul would be, what the down distance would be at the next snap, play clock and the game clock as usual, and if there's any difference between Federation, high school rules, or college rules. And so, long-anticipated weighted answer, this is a foul for legal substitution. It's a live ball foul in both high school and college, with a five-yard penalty at both levels. We didn't give the results of the play last week, so we're unable to provide a down, distance, and clock status. But other than that, note the play clock will be set at 25 both levels. So a little little trick question there, but but that's on us. And we'll just blame the question drafter for that problem that's along fair. for this week. Uh, <laughs> as Michael mentioned, after all the fun that we had talking with Rick Frank last week, we're going to pull a 180 this week and discuss the one thing that we all hope to avoid and try our best to avoid. But inevitably, we're all going to encounter it at some point, and that's an inadvertent whistle. Obviously, we want to avoid these, but they'll happen to everyone at least once in your career. So we need to know how to handle them when they do happen. Inadvertent whistles are the reason that we tell football officials not to keep their whistle in their mouths during a play. For those of us who work basketball as well, the tendency to want to blow the whistle every time we see a foul, it's a lot for us to overcome. Some people say to hold the whistle in the mouth and drop it at the snap. Personally, for me, I just hold my near my mouth at the snap and drop it once the ball's been snapped. Michael, how do you handle that, being ready for a pre-snap whistle? Um, I, I have mine in my hand at all times, and I keep it relatively close to me. So I, I work with my whistle a little bit differently than most folks. Uh, some folks have the really long lanyard. So if you're going to have it in your hand, make sure you've got a, a good extended lanyard there so you're not choking yourself as you try to run down the <laughs> field. But uh, I, I'm like you. If, near the snap, my hand is probably around, I don't know, the midsection of my body near my chest, just in case I have to shut the play down. But um, that was a tough habit to break when I first got into officiating. I did have it in my mouth a lot. And and again, like, like we're talking about today, I had some inadvertent whistles with that way. Yeah, I mean, it comes to all of us. As Michael mentioned, uh, I'm in the long lanyard crew myself with the extension lanyard, so I can run down the sideline with my whistle in my hand for, uh, to have quick access to it. Uh, but I was watching some film of myself from this weekend, and I noticed pre-snap, my hand is up by my neck every time because that's where my whistle is. So uh, pre-snap, I can always spot where my left hand, it's usually going to be my left hand, my whistle. And uh, play after play after play, my uh, positioning is exactly the same at the start of every play. So um, for whatever else I need to improve, at least I've got uh, that routine down as we're going. I think most I think most wings, your, your whistle is going to be in your hand. Uh, most of the time, especially short wings. Um, I know our umpire on our high school crew, he's got a, a very short lanyard and his hangs right about the top of his, of his breastbone there. Um, and he's obviously not using his very much. I think if you're a back judge, uh, yours is probably used far, few and far between. Some guys might use finger whistles. Um, but I think as a, as a short wing, trying to, trying to let, let your whistle hang and then the play is over trying to find it and, and blow it and kill the play is, is just too much. So I operate with it in the handle all the time, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, I used to do that, but I I went to the long lanyard uh, precisely to solve that problem because I got tired of sort of fishing around trying to reach for my whistle. Uh, be upside down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. In addition to having your whistle near your mouth at the start of the play or in it then dropping it, uh, the whole concept of an inadvertent whistle, that's another reason why we use the phrase sea leather. You'll hear that time and time again. There's times where in our pregame huddle, we'll use that phrase, uh, but it has a meaning. It's not just something that we say. You need to see the ball in player possession on the ground before blowing the whistle. Don't let a coach or players on the sideline uh, be yelling at you to blow the whistle and have that be the reason you blow a play dead and end up with an inadvertent whistle. You only blow the whistle if you know that a player is down in possession of the ball. You see it with your own eyes. That's the sea leather. See the ball in their hands on the ground. Sea leather. Or you get a signal, as we would, from our umpire telling us there's a player down in the middle of the field in possession of the ball and plays over. Uh, You know, when we have those triple options, the veers, whatever else, where we have to have slow whistles for this reason, um, and we can't necessarily tell who has the ball, when the umpire's given us that signal that tells Michael and I on our crew, it plays over, let's get a whistle in and move on to our next one. But if you can't see the ball and you don't have a signal from someone that the play is over, don't blow the whistle. We're the officials we control when the play is over. Um, Doesn't matter if a coach is saying blow the whistle. If you cannot spot the ball on the ground, do not blow the whistle. So we're going to look at both the high school and the college rules and discuss some play examples uh, this week. Before we get too far into that, though, I'm going to discuss, I think, the inadvertent whistle that I remember best from myself. Um, It was at a youth game. So, um, you know, it wasn't a terribly high level game, but uh, it's one I've always felt really badly about uh, because hmm. I think it was the best team in the league playing the worst team in the league. And the, the worst team in the league that season, they were trailing by a uh, not insubstantial margin at that point in time. And they handed it off and went right up the middle. And there was just a, you know, as you might have for a, an elementary school game, uh, just a massive humanity right in the middle. No, nobody's moving. And I blow the whistle. And as soon as I blow the whistle, you know, just simultaneous, it's not like afterwards players stop, but simultaneous, that back just sort of spun around and took off. And it was going to be their only score of the game. <laughs> and, and, and idiot over here has the whistle going. So, I felt terribly. I apologized to the coach. He was uh, as gracious as one could possibly be in that moment in time. Apologized to the kids because, you know, I, I screwed up. You know, it didn't change. You know, no jobs were lost as a result of that play. Uh, there were no serious consequences for anyone, either, you know, coaching staff or anything of the sort. But it's one of those I felt terribly about. It's, you know, one of those that it sticks with you that, you know, it's happened once. Let's try to avoid having it ever happen again. Uh, Michael, I don't know if you've had any or if you care to talk about it or if you want me to just move along and we'll get going. Oh, no. I'll, this is this can be, you know, the story hour. and That's fine. I, I've, I've had a couple. Um, and anyone that uh, anyone that knows me knows it's, it's something I always uh, try to avoid as much as possible. And, and um, I know in our crew, I'm responsible for setting this rule and, and knowing it. So. I uh, put a little extra pressure on myself to, to know that and follow through with it. But my, my first one was in a CYO game almost 10 years ago. And I think it was the first first game I ever worked. And 
fifth or sixth grade level. I, I don't remember exactly, but the play was coming around the end and I had a hold on the tackle. And like we talked about, like a basketball official, I blew my whistle and threw my flag in the air, just straight up, <laughs> not even at the spot of the foul or anything. And I, the player ran around, he went out of bounds, picked up two or three yards, wasn't too bad. I didn't take a touchdown off the board or anything, but uh, the my referee came over and says, did you blow your whistle? I said, yeah, yeah, I did. He goes, okay, well, we're going to replay the down. And that was it. And then, you know, live and learn and move on. And I wish I could say it was the last one I had, but it wasn't. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into some protocols and proper, uh, proper whistle management here later on too. But we've all had yeah. them. Everybody has one. Yeah, everyone has them, and as they say, if you haven't had one yet, you're going to. So, um, yeah. I guess the moral of the story is it did not end either Michael or I's career in officiating uh, by doing that, thankfully. Uh, we learn from it. We do our best to avoid it now. Uh, I had a recent game where uh, we'll discuss the scenario later, but we had just after the snap, there were offsetting fouls, or fouls were thrown that ended up offsetting. Um, but there was a pass thrown on the play. But it was one of the scenarios where because there were offsetting fouls, the down was going to get replayed anyway. So the inadvertent whistle ended up not having a big impact on that play. But it's just something to always be mindful of out there. So why don't we get into the rules? Uh, as far as high school goes, the high school rule book addresses inadvertent whistles in rule 423, which notes that an inadvertent whistle ends a down. The question at that point is, though, what do we do next? Michael? So, according to the rulebook, after we have an inadvertent whistle, we'll replay the down during a down in which a penalty for a foul is declined and an inadvertent whistle is sounded while a legal forward pass or snap is in flight or during a scrimmage kick. That is a mouthful. That is the legalese out of the rulebook. Basically, we have the option to replay the down or take the, the result of the play. And there's a couple different scenarios, whether or not we had a pass or a kick in flight. So we'll break that down here in a second. The team that's in last possession may choose to either put the ball in play where possession was lost or replay the down if during a down in which a penalty is declined, an inadvertent whistle is sounded while the ball is loose, following a backwards pass, a fumble, a legal forward pass, or a legal kick. All right. So again, a lot of rule book verbiage going on here. So in this case, we're going to need to use a beanbag to remember a spot because we could have used that spot as an option because somebody lost possession. And when I say lost possession, I mean the team that had possession at the time, not necessarily a turnover. And we'll go through one more scenario here that's straight out of the rule book. The team in possession can either accept the result of the play at the dead ball spot or replay the down if there was an inadvertent whistle while the ball is in player possession. So at this point, we're not talking about a loose ball. We're talking about it's a running, you know, a running back or maybe the pass has already been completed to a receiver. Um, again, in this case, we need to get a beanbag down because we're going to use that spot later. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you want to sort of have a very short and sweet grouping of these, you think about either a player being in possession or losing possession. Uh, you can take either the result or take it at the spot where possession was lost or replay the down. Whereas if you have a forward pass or a kick in flight, that's not really an option because you don't have a spot that you could say, okay, this is a spot for us to play the next down. That's going to have to come back and we're going to have to replay the down on those uh, regardless. Yeah, we don't know where that ball is in, in flight at that time, so we have to have no other choice. So um, these are all outlined too in the uh, Federation rule book. That is rule four, two, three. If you want to follow along, right. <laughs> it's, it's in there. Yeah. And the, the Federation rule also notes that a penalty is to be administered as determined by the basic spot and would take precedence over inadvertent whistle administration. If during a down, we have a live ball foul that occurs prior to the inadvertent whistle and the penalty ends up being accepted. 
But there's also clock issues that we have to be aware of after an inadvertent whistle. The play clock will start at 25 seconds and start on the referee signal following the administration of an inadvertent whistle. This would not apply if B or R is in possession at the time of the inadvertent whistle and accepts the result of the play. Remember also that an inadvertent whistle is one of the bases to extend a period with an untimed down. Here, if we have an inadvertent whistle on the last play of a period, the period is extended for an untimed down. And think through those untimed down rules as well, because you'd have to have a scenario where you don't have a live ball foul that's accepted, an inadvertent whistle, or something else that would extend a period for an untimed down. Um, so you could essentially have an, you know, an infinite in theory, you could have an infinite number of untimed downs. Obviously, you won't. But you could, if you had three consecutive inadvertent whistles at the end of a period, you could have uh, a f- total of uh, you know, three extra untimed downs after that to try to fix it. And Finally, a very upset see- coach if that happened, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Finally, for penalty administration, the basic spot is the previous spot for a foul that occurs during a down in which a legal kick occurs and an inadvertent whistle ends the down prior to possession by either team. So that's a good overview of inadvertent whistles under the NFHS rules uh, that covers what we would look at in high school. Michael, why don't we talk about the college rule now? Sure. And the college rule, uh, this is going to be found in Rule 412 uh, and even subsection B there uh, gives you a lot of detail as well. Um, broken down very similarly, I, I like the wording a little bit better here, but just to kind of hit the highlights on it, basically if we have a, a ball in player possession or running play, and again, we have that inadvertent whistle, you can take the ball where it was blown dead or again, you have that option to replay the down. So Ryan talked earlier about um, you know, if you have a wing T team or an option team or somebody running maybe an RPO, uh, it's very important to see the ball uh, because that, this is what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid having that inadvertent whistle because we missed a handoff or we missed a play action. Kind of similar to the high school rule, if we've got a loose ball, specifically it calls out fumble or backward pass. Uh, the team that is last in possession can take the ball where possession was lost or replay the down. And again, when we're talking about lost possession, that is just simply releasing that ball uh, from the hand. So like a screen pass or something along those lines. Or if you had a fumble, that would be another uh, loss of player possession. So uh, on a kick play, we don't have any choice. Kick play or, or a legal forward pass, we have no choice. It's returned to the previous spot and, and we play over. So um, the thing I want to highlight with a kick too is that that ball is still considered a kick and this goes in both high school and college too. Um, it's a kick until it's either caught or recovered or gone out of bounds or blown dead. So if the most common error um, that I think would happen would be a, a player waiting for a fair catch. And as soon as that ball is touched by that player, it bounces off his chest. Um, I've, I've actually had this happen to me in a middle school game. I was so anxious to protect that player that as soon as it hit his arms, I blew the whistle to protect him and it squirted right out. And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> We have a problem. You, you're not the only person to ever do that. I can assure you that, that that's a, that's an incredibly common one. Yeah. Uh, and again, in that case, even though we've touched it, um, and unfortunately in my case, this bounced off and went right into the kicking team's hands and they were all excited thinking they got a ball and a first down. And I had to saunter over to the sideline and say, no coach, we have to go back. So that was not, not a very good day. It's one day I well, wish I could hide. Yeah, and I mean, you you made a good point as to when a kick ends, right? So if the kick's still in flight uh, and there's a whistle, 
Um, it hasn't been caught or recovered yet. It's still a kick. But once it is caught or recovered and that return uh, begins, that's that distinction between what's a kick, what's a running play. So that returns a running play, and we you know, would then move to uh, the running play Correct. rules there. So, so it's just a matter of being sharp. If a whistle happens, know exactly where in the process it happens. Correct. Absolutely. Similar to the high school rule, too, uh, if, we, if we've got a penalty, just like the high school rule calls out an accepted penalty, the college rule calls out the same thing. If we have an accepted penalty, then our, our IW is ignored in this case. So um, one example would be, well, similar, similar to what I had. If, uh, if we had a, a foul, let's say a block in the back or a clipping or something along those lines, if you had a running back get a toss play and they're picking up five, six yards, and you have a foul maybe right at the line of scrimmage, you throw your flag, you inadvertently blow the whistle, um, we, we can we can accept that penalty or the defense can and move them back. If for whatever reason the defense declined that penalty, maybe because it was, I don't know, fourth down or something, they might decline the penalty and then we would have the option to take the ball at the dead ball spot or we could back him up and have him play fourth down again. That might be a scenario. Um, so the accepted penalty kind of quote-unquote, get you off the hook. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it like that. I'm, I'm actually quoting Rogers Redding study guide in that, so I'm not totally making that up. But Well, this is an important uh, aspect to uh, thinking through this, and th- this just came to me as you mentioned, that the coach is going to have even more options than normal uh, in this scenario, right? So let's say, you know, as you said, there's a fourth down play. The options would be to accept the penalty and replay fourth down for something like a block in the back, or if they decline the penalty, it was the team in possession that could then choose to either replay the down or take the result of the play. So then the offense is going to take the replay the down, uh, right? Sure. So, so this is this yeah, is yeah. They didn't achieve the, the line to gain. Good point. Yeah. Right. I mean, we we, we could talk through all kinds of hypotheticals <laughs> here, uh, but the, the the point is only that uh, obviously we want to always have good information so that we can give the coaches all the options. Uh, but this would be such a unusual scenario. You know, we talked with Rick last week about when you have those strange situations that we don't see all the time come up, it's perfectly fine for the crew to get together conference and just, you know, make sure that we're on the same page and we know that we're given the same information to both sidelines so they can make an informed choice. Uh, but here, especially mm. if we have potentially to choose to accept or decline a penalty uh, to replay it down or take the results of a play, and both coaches potentially have some options on it. We need to know that we've got it right ourselves before we go to them. Uh, and so here, uh, it, it's doubly important to have good mechanics and communicating with coaches, as well as good knowledge of the inadvertent whistle rules. Well, I think that why why are we blowing the whistle inadvertently in the first place? It's usually because you're in a hurry, right? You're you're trying to go too quick, and speaking from experience, right? You're you're, you're moving too fast, and um, I think the last thing we want to do is stay in that hurry mode or, or, or continue to be anxious and hyped up and then have the wrong options to give to a coach, right? The last thing we, in that example there that I was given, it would be a pity to somehow decline the penalty or, and then give him first down or something like that, or accept the penalty and then have him replay the down or something along those lines. You want to make sure you have it straight and my example right. is kind of falling apart because I forgot it in my head already. But the point still stands that uh, we, we want to make sure we just slow down. The clock is stopped and we get it right. So, right. Um, But the, quarter, the, 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 the college rule also calls out as well that uh, if we have a quarter that ends and you've got an inadvertent whistle, same deal just like in high school. We're going to replay and we'll have an untimed down. 
And that's highlighted in Rule 3, too, that calls that out. Ryan, I, I believe both are, are the same in the status of the clock, right? If we have time run off the clock and we have an inadvertent whistle, we're not changing the clock, correct? I know correct. in the college rules it's, it says specifically not to do so. The clock stays the same. So if you have, say, 15 seconds left in the game and the play goes six or seven seconds and you have an inadvertent whistle, then at that point um, we now have – eight or nine seconds left on the clock and we're not adding time back on. And that's something we're going to have to know so we can explain that to the coach clear that by rule we don't add time back on. Again, this problem kind of compounds itself. So we, this is why we're trying to avoid these whistles in the first <laughs> place. We're, we're sharing our woes. So, so hopefully newer officials don't have the same issue. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if you want to think about it in a, I was going to say in a simpler way, but what I'm about to say may make this even more complex. So uh, <laughs> if what I, if what I'm about to say is more confusing then ignore what I say, um, if you're replaying the down from the previous spot, it's just a replay of the down, right? Just like after a penalty, you might replay a down. We're not pretending here as if the play never happened. Uh, you know, we're not deleting this play from the course of the game, right? You know, let's say on huddle or whatever other film, um, uh, source you might use, you've got 178 plays and we have one inadvertent whistle, that doesn't become 177. There's still 178 plays. We're not going to redo the clock and say, well, that inadvertent whistle, that play lasted, as Michael said, you know, seven or eight seconds. That happened. We're not fixing the clock. We're just going back to the previous spot and uh, potentially, potentially and uh, replaying the down. Those are really the two areas to go for these rules, right? If it's high school, go to NFHS Rule 423. Uh, for college, Rule 412. Obviously, go back into Rule 3 for your extended period uh, for the untimed down plays to be sharp on that. Uh, the rules between high school and college, as is generally the case, they're quite similar, but penalty enforcement might change potential outcomes here. So, those are the rules. They're not terribly lengthy, uh, but I think it's useful to talk through some possible plays. So uh, I'll give it back to Michael now to get started on that. Yeah, sure. I'll just and, and again, this is going to be reading through. So if you're following along and want to kind of draw it out and diagram it, um, you know, maybe someday Ryan, we might do a video and we'll have a whiteboard or something. But for now, we're doing the audio only. So. Um, well, that could be our Patreon episode sometime down the line. Uh, hey, there we'll, you go. We'll offer a, a video webcast for a, a subscription. But uh, until we're there, uh, we'll, we'll stay in the audio format only. So I've I've got uh, Rogers Redding study guide here uh, for NCAA rules. And uh, this is on page 208, again, if you want to follow along. First one here, right at example, is uh, B24 muffs a punt beyond the neutral zone. The official inadvertently sounds his whistle while the ball is loose. And so straightforward, although B touched the ball and touched the kick, the down must be replayed because the uh, ball still has a status of a kick. And we, are again, are not going to make any changes to the game clock. So pretty straightforward there, just like we talked about. That status of that ball is very important. And we need, we need to know if, if and when this happens, what is happening with the ball? Where is it? Is it in flight? Is it on the ground? Is somebody holding it? Uh, we'll do two more here real quick. With two seconds remaining in the first period, A7 takes a snap, hands the ball to A23. After a short gain, A23 is hit and fumbles. B55 falls on the ball. An official sounds his whistle, and B55 then muffs the ball, and it rolls out of bounds. So to kind of picture this, essentially the defender has jumped on the ball, appears to have achieved possession, and it squirts right out. So I think that's... That's a very common one, um, just trying to anticipate the play and what's going to happen. So um, 
Again, we did have two seconds on the clock left to go in the first period, so we're going to assume time expired. The period is going to be extended for one untimed down. Team A can put the ball in play where they lost possession, or they can choose to have that down replayed. So now the question doesn't give us the down and distance, but assuming it was first down, we could replay first down, or um, after that short gain, we could have you know second and seven, whatever it would be there. And we'll go with one more here. Again, we're still on page 208. B14 is awaiting a punt at the B20. As he's about to catch the ball, the sprinklers come on, and B14 is distracted by the water spraying him and muffs the ball. I'm pausing for effect. The down's going to be replayed just like if we had an inert whistle. So that's something that's not often thought about is elements that are out of our control, right? If you have something like this happen that just is absolutely haywire, we treat it just like it's an invert and whistle. Again, so this was during a punt, so we're going to go back and we'll re-punt. We'll re or replay that down, I guess, rather. I don't know, Ryan, you ever had sprinklers come on at a game? No. Had a very muddy field this weekend, but that was just rain. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't <laughs> sprinklers coming on. So, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not yet anyway, so knock on wood. Uh, and potentially, as we move towards more turf fields, that's less likely to happen in theory, I guess. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, th yeah. thankfully we haven't had to come. I haven't had to come across many of those. Right. Yeah, I got to say that anything with with an unexpected element like that, whether it be a sprinkler or a, I guess it could be a squirrel or a, you know some animal running on the field. I guess would would be another one that you see a lot of times on TV too. Sure. So, um, Ryan, do you have a couple of plays you want to run through? Yeah, and I think that these sort of highlight the difference between games where there is instant replay and games where we don't have instant replay uh, because they'll be treated a little bit differently. Uh, so let's think for an example. Uh, we've got first and 10 at the A35. A17 is tackled. He's going to the ground and he fumbles in the process. There's an inadvertent whistle and players on both teams are going for the ball. B78 clearly recovers the ball while it's grounded. If we have a game without instant replay, it's an inadvertent whistle, 412B2 would apply, and team A will choose to repeat the down at the previous spot. If we have instant replay though, we can have a different result. It's still an inadvertent whistle, but here we'd be looking at rule 1233D, so we're getting into the instant replay rule. And what that would lead us to is that if the replay official determines that A17 lost control of the ball before he was down, then the ball belongs to team B at the spot of the recovery. If the replay official is not able to determine which team recovers the ball, the ruling that the ball carrier was down before losing control of the ball would stand, and team A would retain possession at the dead ball spot. So that brings into that the whole idea of instant replay, a clear recovery of a fumble uh, mm. that may be after the whistle um, as opposed to before. So uh, something to think about depending on the level that you're working at and whether replay comes in. I can say that at our level, we do not have replays, so we'd be going with the non-replay options there. I'd, I'd love to hear from our audience on that. If anybody that listens is, is involved in replay in any way or has experience with replay, it, you know, drop us a line and let us know maybe some things you've seen regarding either inadvertent whistles or something like that. Obviously, maybe you can't give specifics. We understand that. But um, learnyourstripes at gmail.com, please, if, you, uh, if you've been involved with replay in situations like this, we'd love to hear from you and, and put it in one of our next episodes and, and talk about it.
Yeah, this uh, particular type of play where there's a clear recovery following a fumble and replay can look at that and, and find that B had a clear recovery of the ball. This is one of the 100 problems every year on the CFO test. There will always be a problem on this. Uh, so every single year this one comes up. Uh, so it's a good one to keep in mind. Maybe you'll never see it in an actual game you're working. Uh, it might never uh, come to pass, but uh, it's surely going to be on that CFO test every single year. So there's one point. That's probably why I always get a 99. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to episode 10 and keep this in mind, uh, you will at least get a 1% on the next CFO test. There you go. There you uh, go. I can't make you a lot of promises beyond that at this point, but we'll keep plugging away at it. Um, so let's do another couple of those thinking about replay here, right? So... All right, now here's an example. This is the play that you were talking about, Michael, earlier, where we might have a whistle and then the punt returner muffs the punt uh, while he's trying to catch it. Uh, So we've got team A punting from their own 30-yard line. B24 is in position to receive it, but he muffs it at the B30 yard line. The back judge blows his whistle thinking that B24 caught the ball, but it ends up rolling on the ground after the muff and A recovers it while it's grounded. In the process of this play, B18 was flagged for holding. If we have a game without instant replay, of course it's an inadvertent whistle, the ball would be returned to the previous spot, and the 10-yard holding penalty would be enforced. A would retain possession, and it would still be fourth down. If we have a game with instant replay, it's an inadvertent whistle, 12-3-3-1 would apply, A would decline the penalty, and will take the ball at the spot of the recovery, first and 10. That's interesting. play because it is during a kick right that's kind of what we talked about earlier knowing the status of that ball and where it was we have to take it back so that's something i would have thought about right away of enforcing that back at the previous spot yeah and and, and let's do one more uh same idea right so we still have the same punt uh we have a muff the back judge blows his whistle not picking on back judges here but the back (laughs) judge is most likely to have a whistle in that play um so the back judge blows his whistle when he thinks that uh, B has caught the ball, but it rolls on the ground following the muff. There, the ball disappears into a pile of players. If there's no instant replay, inadvertent whistle, 412B3 applies. The ball's returned to the previous spot and the down is repeated. If we do have instant replay, inadvertent whistle, 12331 would apply. But there's here, this would be an example where we don't have clear evidence, clear that clear and disputable video evidence that we need uh, as to which team recovers, right? So we don't have a clear recovery following the inadvertent whistle here. So the ruling of the dead ball would stand and it would be Team B's ball here. That's in games with instant replay. So you can reach different results depending on whether it's a game with or without instant replay. So it's important to, obviously it's important as we said to know rule 412 uh, to be able to deal with an inadvertent whistle. But when you have replay as well, it's important also to know uh, 12331 uh, to know how that applies and how that factors in. Uh, and you can read approved ruling 412 uh, in the uh, college rule book. We'll give you a lot of examples of the various distinctions that we might have here for games with instant replay and games without instant replay. And that way, should you ever unfortunately have that in, inadvertent whistle on that play that we discussed earlier, that muff that we get excited and blow the whistle on, you know how to handle it regardless of whether you have extra eyes up in the booth or if you're having to determine it all down on the field. So, Michael, I think that's an awfully good overview of an inadvertent whistle and how we handle those. Um, I think the point that we've tried to make here is that, number one, just slow down, right? 
make sure. sure you're able to see everything before you blow the whistle. Don't let anybody pressure you into blowing a whistle. Take your time. Know what you're seeing. Get the whistle out once you're confident uh, that the ball's dead in player possession. So number one, slow down. Number two, it's going to happen. Whether it's you, your crewmate, or whatever, it's going to happen. You know, Michael and I, we've been fortunate enough to have success in our careers, and and we're grateful for every new opportunity that we get. Uh, but we've had inadvertent whistles before. It did not end our career. So the message there is that it happens to everyone. Overcome it, learn from it, get better, learn how not to do it, right? So we gave some some advice, right? Either if you have the whistle in your mouth, drop it at the snap, or just keep it up near your mouth at the snap and then drop it until you know, you get to a point where you have an incomplete pass or something, a dead ball in player possession or some other reason to definitively stop the clock. So so the second part of it is you'll overcome it, you'll learn, but learn you know ways to cope with it so that you're not uh, dealing with it the next time. Yeah, I think I that's think, important. Oh, sorry, yeah, Ryan. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, and I think third, and uh, I don't know if we're very good at being a sort of positive af- affirmation type of a podcast or anything of the sort there, but <laughs> um, because this happens to all of us and we all feel terrible when it happens, if it happens to your crewmate, pick them up, right? You know the rules. You know, they're probably kicking themselves in their head. So step in and help out, right? You, you'll know what the result is of the play and think through whether it's 4 2 3 or 4 1 2, depending on the type of game you're working. You know, step in there, be a crew saver. That's been our, our theme through these first 10 episodes. Be a crew saver. Step in, pick up your buddy who's down at the moment. Step in, fix the play, get the options for the next play, get to the coaches, and so that we have an informed decision and a correct decision and move on. And if you're the one who has the inadvertent whistle, um, it's as, as Michael said, as, as he tells me on the field when uh, I, I down on myself or something, next play or next shot, you know, regardless, right? Uh, one way or the right. other. Uh, it's move on, can't change that. Uh, we'll get the next one right. And so that, that's the message, right? Uh, inadvertent whistles stink. We hate them. We don't want them, but we'll learn from them. You'll get better when it happens and uh, you find ways to not uh, repeat that in the future. Other advice, Michael? I would just say that the the plays already dead by rule um, in a lot of cases. I know I've I can think of well not specifically, but there's there's plays I've worked. Um, the runners tackled, we're down, and I never blew my whistle, and Ryan never blew his whistle. It's down, it's yeah. over, we're already done. Everybody's up. The, the purpose of the whistle is just to alert everyone the play's already over, you know, and, and prevent things from happening. Any dead ball fouls, but you know sometimes you have a game that's played relatively clean and the play is already over. So. I'll always be ready. I think what Ryan said too is very important. Um, I know when I have had my whistles, it's, oh, geez, I just want to hide under a rock. The game's over. I don't want to talk to anybody. And I just, I want to go, <laughs> I really just want to sit in my car alone and just not, not even view the world. So it's really important if you can be that guy to go over and kind of lift somebody's spirits up because that whistle could be the last play of the game or that inadvertent whistle may be halfway through the game. And, you know, you may be working, 140, 150, 160 plays, and if you've got another 50 or 60 to go, you need somebody to pick you up, and, and you need to, like we talked about, move on to your next shot or your next play and get it out of your head. But yeah. you know, you watch TV, right. and you, you oh, you're okay. You, you watch TV, and you watch those guys in the NFL, and you watch a lot of the big colleges. You don't see this often enough because, you know, they they work the the games that we have now, and, and to, to try to perfect that craft. And that's all we can tell you guys is keep working your snaps and and. Always be ready for the next one. Don't be stuck in the past thinking about something you could have changed. 
Yeah, don't compound it. Don't miss the next play because you're stuck on something that yeah, happened on the last the play. One. Whether right. it's an inadvertent whistle, a foul that you think was wrong, you know, whatever the case might be, um, don't compound it. Uh, get past it. Move on to the next play. Get the next one right. Get the one after that right, and keep going from there. So, For sure. Um, inadvertent whistles, not a pleasant topic, but one that we need to know how to deal with. And when it does happen, you'll learn from it, you'll get better, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. With all of that, we'd like to thank you for joining us once again for our 10th episode of Learn Your Stripes. That's 10 episodes. Yeah. We look forward to tens and tens more. Uh, who knows? Who knows where we're going? But uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll get to a dozen. <laughs> but we've been... <laughs> yeah, a dozen. That's when we'll have to have our special look back at the first 11 episodes. Um, <laughs> I would love to say something dramatic here, like they said it could never happen, but really no one ever would have said something like that. It's just a podcast. So uh, who cares? Nobody would have ever been like that. So, um, but it's a nice round number and round numbers are things we like in this life. And uh, we'll go for our next round number, I guess, 25 is the next one. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll look forward to 25 and beyond. So as always, we'll leave you with a play to consider. All right, we've had a lot of plays tonight, but here's one more to think on and chew on. Let us know what you have. It's A's ball, third and 18 at the A27 with two seconds remaining in the third quarter. A19 hands the ball off to A3 on a jet sweep. A3 turns the corner, is in the clear with no defenders within 10 yards of him. As A3 hits the A42, three yards short of a first down, a whistle sounds. The line scrimmage official marks the A42 with his beanbag. So, how would we address this? What can, What does Team A have in terms of options? What will the down and distance be at the next snap for each option, if there's more than one? What's the game clock? What's the play clock? And do we have any differences between college and high school? As always, we'll discuss that play at the start of our next episode. In the meantime, if you want to let us know what your ruling would be, or if you have questions or feel we made a mistake, please email us at learnyourstripes at gmail.com. You can find episodes or obtain an RSS link to directly download all episodes into your podcast app of choice at learnyourstripespodcast.com. Please also follow us on Facebook at Learn Your Stripes Podcast and on Twitter at LYS underscore podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate us five stars and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your app of choice. You can also find us on the app Discord, where we'll have ongoing discussions of rules, mechanics, and play scenarios. We'll see you back here next week. In the meantime, keep learning your stripes. Thank you, everyone.